So I know this is hard for Presbyterians, but keep trying to relax. Okay, it's, we're having a little bit of fun. And if you don't get Holy Humor Sunday, we'll be back to our normal boring church next week. Um, I was actually, uh, you know, we, I found this idea of Holy Humor Sunday. I'd never heard of it before. And we tried it last year. And, and a couple people didn't understand it. But then a lot of people really liked it. And then a lot of people were like, well, I can't wait till next year. And I thought... I just told all my best jokes. I, and so I've been kind of nervous about this year. Um, but I did find some jokes, and we'll have a little bit, of, and I'm going to tell a couple stories. And so um, let's get into it. A pastor went to his church and, and said about how he was, you know, in such financially dire straits, and he really needed a raise. And, and so after the after the, the he, he walked out of the room. The congregation sort of deliberated. They came back and informed him they were not going to give him the raise. And he said to them, well, can't you see that I'm just a poor, poor pastor? And they said, yes, that's why we're not going to give you the raise. <laughs> After the birth of their child, an Episcopal priest wearing his clerical collar went to visit his wife in the hospital greeted her with a hug and a kiss, laid down in the bed next to her, held the baby. They shared a special time. And then he got up, gave her a kiss to leave and uh, left. And then the woman's roommate turned to her and said, man, your priest is a lot more friendly than my priest. <laughs> a pastor announced that there would be a board meeting after the church in the back of the sanctuary. To his surprise, after the church, a first-time visitor showed up at the meeting. He said, well, didn't you hear me announce that this was a board meeting? And he said, yeah. And after that sermon, I figured I was about as bored as anybody else here. <laughs> a man had been shipwrecked on a remote island in the Pacific for 20 years. When his ship finally came to, uh, to, to, ke- to rescue him, the rescuers noticed these amazing three buildings he had built in his 20 years. And they said, well, what's this building? And he said, well, that's my house. That's where I, I lived. And there was this other building next to it. He said, well, what's that building? He said, well, that's, that's my church. That's where I would go to worship. And they said, well, what's this third building you built? And he said, oh, that's the church I used to go to. <laughs> A priest, a doctor, and an engineer were going golfing. And the group in front of them was clearly going much, much slower. And they ended up having to wait. And then at the next hole, they had to wait. They couldn't figure out why this group of golfers ahead of them was going so slow. And finally, they saw the groundskeeper. They said, hey, Randy, what's going on with this group ahead of us? And he said, well, this, that's a group of, of firemen, and they are... Uh, they were burned and they can't see. They're blind. And so they were, they were injured in a fire at our clubhouse. So we let them play whenever they want. And the priest said, well, that's, that's really sad. I'm, I'm going to pray for them. And the doctor said, well, that's a good idea. But I think I also have a friend who's an eye doctor. I'm going to see if I can get them a point with the eye doctor. And the engineer said, well, why don't they just play at night?
a pastor was trying to console a widower. And the widower said to the pastor, Pastor, can, do you know, did, did my wife go to heaven? And the pastor said, listen, I can assure you, your wife was a good Christian woman. She went to church. I know that she is in heaven. And the man said, in that case, can you tell me how to get to hell? A pastor, a pastor put a sanitary hot air hand dryer in the restrooms at his church, but after two weeks, he removed them. When asked why he had removed them, he said because someone had sung, hung a sign on the hand dryer that read, for an example of next week's sermon, press button. <laughs> now, one of, one of my favorite jokes from last year was a quick hitter, and it went like this. A dyslexic man walks into a bra. (laughs) And it was similar last year where some people got it immediately. Some people took a little time. One of our members didn't get it until about two in the afternoon. But I thought I would share a couple of shorter jokes. Not short jokes. Shorter jokes. What do they call pastors in Germany? German shepherds. My pastor asked me to name the four Gospels. I could only remember Matthew, Luke, and John. I missed the mark. (laughs) One day after worship service, the preacher announced the class on prophecy has been canceled due to unforeseen circumstances. (laughs) In the middle of a long-winded sermon, a small child was overheard asking his mother in a whisper from the pews, Is this really the only way to get to heaven? (laughs) Jesus tells his disciples, one of you will betray me. And they say, no way. And Jesus said, Yahweh. (laughs) God created the light and the dark and gave it a 24 hour cycle. And an angel said to him, what are you going to do next? And he said, I think I'll call it a day. Forgive me, father, pastor, vicar, padre, priest, for I have sinned and nimmed. Not everybody got that one. I've been thinking a lot about Holy Humor Sunday because I, I think there's actually something theologically important about laughter and about joy. I mean, so much of the scripture talks about joy and the joy of our Lord. And as Christians, I just don't think that we are joyful enough. I don't see that when I look at Jesus. I mean, in, in Matthew eleven nineteen, it says, The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, Look at him, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of sinners and tax collectors. Yet wisdom is justified by her deeds. I mean, I, I think Jesus was funny. I think Jesus got people laughing a lot. He was known as a drunkard and a sluggard. I don't know about your picture of Jesus. But would you picture him like that? Are those the words you would describe? But that is how he was described back then. And and a lot of times I think it's because we don't think through how funny some of his teachings were. The blind leading the blind. Okay? And what Jesus says is, if the blind lead the blind, both will fall into a pit. I mean, this is an SNL sketch, right? A blind person guiding a blind person. Okay. Or can you imagine a blind person with a blind CNI dog that's actually blind? Right? They're both blind, trusting the blind. I think when people heard that, 
They laugh, throwing pearls to pigs, having a log sticking out of your own eye and being like, hey, you got a little speck in your eye. I think it's partially because Jesus has like a Yiddish humor. It's like Jewish humor. And it's based on like irony. If you ever heard like a Jewish comic, it's a little different. Like here's a good Yiddish joke. A guy goes to God and says, Yahweh, what does a million years feel like to you? And God says, well, a million years, it feels like a second to me. And the man said, Yahweh, what does a million dollars seem like to you? God said, oh, a million dollars seems like a penny to me. And the man says, Yahweh, can I borrow a penny? <laughs> and Yahweh says, sure, just a second. <laughs> right? You, there's a, the Yiddish humor kind of is like an irony, like a play on words. So let's think about a couple other things Jesus said. He, Jesus talked in Matthew 23 about straining a gnat while you're eating a camel. So here's the image. You're eating a camel. And you're like, oh no, a bug got in my, in my tea here. You're like working to get this tea, this gnat out, its little bug out of your tea. You're eating a camel. Okay. Jesus said, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to get into the kingdom of God. Now there's this teaching going around that the eye of the needle was like the skate. The camels had to humbly get on their knees. Except there's, there, we can find no truth to that teaching whatsoever. It's a camel in the eye of a needle. It was funny. I bet you the crowds laughed. It'd be like saying, it is easier for a hippo to fit into your underpants than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. I mean, there's, a, there's an eye. Like, you got to understand the irony that Jesus is teaching with. Did you know Jesus had nicknames for his disciples? Did you know this? He calls Peter, Simon, the rock. There's another Simon called the zealot. There's an extra Judas they called the twin. And James and John are called the sons of thunder. When I get to heaven, I want to know why. You know, were they loud? Was it a gastrointestinal thing? I don't know. Why are you called the sons of thunder? By the way, when I get to heaven, the other thing I want to ask God is, you made, God, you made the majestic eagle. You made the ferocious lion. And you made a platypus. I don't get a platypus. Anybody else? It's like a duck beaver. I've never understood what this thing is. But, but, but isn't it funny that, that, this, that Jesus came telling these jokes, this humorous teaching, and yet we as Christians want to be so serious when we talk about it. Right? And I think we miss out on something. Christians should be the, the, the people that smile the most. They should be the laughing the most. We should be the most joyful people. And I look at a lot of churches and I think that this is not a joyful place. That's not how I look at you guys. I'm not going to tell you how I look at you guys. But <laughs> life, is, life is just funny. And, and, and I find in, sometimes that, that's what is the funniest, right? It's not a joke, but actually the things that happen that have a lot of humor and uh, I, I had some other jokes, but I, I was I ended up telling the choir a couple stories last week about funny communion experiences that I have. And I thought I might share a couple of these with you. And I've realized I've talked to several pastors this week and realized that most pastors don't have that many funny communion stories. In fact, I talked to my dad. He was a pastor for like 42 years. He had no funny communion stories. I've got a bunch. He has none. He has a couple of funny wedding stories. He had a friend. Uh, that it was a hot summer day. 
And it was at this country church, definitely no air conditioning. So all the windows were open, the back doors were open. And he's doing the wedding and a black cat came walking in the, the door and just straight like he's on a mission down the center aisle. And right as the couple was doing their vows, walked around the couple and walked straight back out. Like, can you imagine this? So I don't know, I don't have a lot of uh, wedding stories, but I, I, for some reason, have had a number of strange communion experiences. Okay, and it, it started very early. When I first became a pastor, at first I was a student pastor. I wasn't allowed to do communion. I had to have somebody else with me. But about the second time that I did communion by myself as a pastor, I was feeling really good about myself, and I served the juice first. <laughs> and for some reason... I don't know, it's because I come up with wild ideas. My elders that were serving just went with it, you know? And I thought, okay, guys, like, I want you to go with my ideas. That's great. But when I'm an idiot, you got to tell me, you know what I mean? <laughs> they just went with it, serve the juice first. I've also had a lot of trouble with uh, sort of showing the juice and the bread. I like to do a pretty, if you've noticed, I like to like, have sort of a symbolic action of, okay, I'm going to pray the juice, I'm going to break the bread. But I had one time where, it took me a little while to figure it out, I had one time where I went to pour the juice, and I normally kind of like pour it, and then I pull away, so that there's a kind of a larger stream, and then I come back. Yeah, but I started too far out. So what, what happened was, the juice came out of the pitcher, and into the cup, and then it ramped, and then it shot, and it, it shot about a, about a foot away from the cup. And I, I corrected quickly, but not before I like, like put a puddle on the table, like right here. One time I served wine. It was at a morning Thursday service. My, I got my elders on board, we served wine. And I, I got like a Manischewitz wine, like a Hebrew kind of Jewish kind of wine. And it's a, it's a lot stronger than like a sweet red or something like that. And uh, people hated it. Okay? It was like very strong wine. People were not ready for it, except for one guy. There was one guy who was a guest, and he loved it. In fact, he asked for some more. <laughs> and I was like, dude, this is not shots, you know? Like, like we are showing forth the Lord's death, not your alcoholism. You know, we're, um, and I, 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 we've used juice since. I haven't tried that one again. Now, I've had some trouble breaking bread, too. And it's because of a certain thing. I, when I was a youth pastor, I went, to, I went to a youth gathering, and the pastor made it. It was at the end of a famine, and he made this big deal about breaking the bread. And I don't know if you know this, but normally a pastor will cut, the, they'll cheat. And they'll cut the bread a little bit to get it started. And he made this big deal about how, you know, it wasn't easy for Christ, it's not easy for him, and he broke the bread. And I thought, when I become a pastor... That's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to cut the bread. So it's backfired on me twice. One time I went to break the bread and I hadn't yet figured out that you have to really hold it in the middle to break. it. So my right hand was over here and I went to break the bread and I basically ended up with a fifth of the body of Christ in this hand <laughs> and four fifths of the body of Christ in this hand. And, which was a problem because we were doing intinction, so people had to rip, and I needed two stations. And this station had all the loaf, and this station basically had a piece of bread. 
So I had to re-rip to get it right the second time. And there's a lot of pressure in that re-rip because there's not like a second loaf. Like you get one do-over and then we're just going to get creative here, folks. Okay. So the, the worst rip I ever had, I, was, I hadn't pre-cut the bread and the bread was really hard. It's like this really kind of hard crusted bread. So I knew it was going to be a little bit hard to rip. And so I put my back into it, and I sort of incredible hulked this bread, and I got it. But I, it's hard to describe what happened next, but it, it's like a baseball-sized piece of the body of Christ launched from this loaf of bread. <laughs> and it ascended, okay? And uh, so it shot up, and you know in, in movies when stuff is falling and it's in like slow motion? That's like what this bread looked like. I don't know if it was because of the mass of the bread, but it kind of went like whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. And baseball size, it was enough that absolutely everybody saw it. There's no like, and it went whoosh, whoosh, and it sort of fell on the ground in between me and the elders that were supposed to serve. And what else could we do? But we decided, we're just, we just laughed, you know, tried to gather ourselves. It was not the most holy of communion experiences. Another time with bread, I had this great idea. We had had a Monty Thursday service. I get in trouble with Monty Thursday services. And uh, we had a ton of leftover matzo bread. Now, if you've never had matzo bread, it's like saltines, but real dry and no salt, just the teens. And it's... And so we just had a ton of it left over. So I thought, that's what kind of Jesus used. That's what we'll use. So we broke it into pieces and we put it on the plate. But this did not work well for several important reasons. Okay? Number one, we should have put it in baskets. But we put it on the plates. And the plates were just these like bronze plates. And so the matzo bread just, just moved. You know what I mean? It just like slid, ice skated the entire time as we were passing out in the pews. And then it would get too close to the edge and a piece would fall off and a piece would fall off. And so we had the body of our Lord just everywhere. It was down the aisles. It was in the pews. Okay? So that didn't work well. And then as we go to actually partake of the sacrament, I say, okay, the body of Christ broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And everybody takes it. And there is this, in the silence of the holiness of the moment, this simultaneous <laughs> and we're all like kind of giggling about this laugh. And then we, then we realize that we haven't had anything to drink. And we are all like, and so we are all really thirsty with this dry stuff. In a, and so we just decide, like without even talking about it, moving as one body, we serve the juice as fast as we possibly could. So that everybody could get the juice as quick as they could. Now this was the same church that had an issue before I became the pastor. They had a funny communion experience where they came to Sunday morning and then somebody looked at the bulletin and it's communion Sunday and no one has prepared anything. There is no bread. There is no juice. And so somebody figures this out real quick, gets in his truck, he goes down to the store, gets some like bread cake stuff, he gets some juice, comes back, they get it ready and they put it on the table just as it's time to serve the sacrament. So they pass out the bread. Everybody gets their bread. And it's the same thing, right? Take eat. This is my body broken for you. And then they have this amazing moment, this uh, christening sort of holy moment as a community where they all realize 
that he bought lemon bread. <laughs> yeah. So and they all simultaneously realize this and make a face and a sound. Sort of like, you know, like lemon bread's fine if you think you're having lemon bread. But if you're surprised by lemon bread, it sort of changes the effect. Uh, one more. One more communion story. Uh, I had one time where we were doing intinction. So you had to rip your bread and dip in the cup. This is sometimes hard for people that have never done this tradition. Like one time at my ordination, one of my wife's family members came in. She took the bread and like she hadn't eaten in 48 hours, she ate it. And then she moved over to the cup. And she's just looking at the cup, looking at the server, looking at the cup, looking at the server. Okay? But you realize people don't always do communion the same way. It's why I explain what we're going to do when we do communion. So, uh, but one time, somebody came to church who was clearly like Anglican, and they were used to drinking from the cup. Okay? Like it's, it's sometimes you would drink and then wipe the cup, and the next person drinks from the same. After COVID, it sounds gross, but you, people used to do it more. So, but it became this really awkward moment because the lady who was serving the juice in all her years had never had anyone grab the cup and try to drink from it, right? And the man, in all his years of doing communion, had never had anybody try to stop him from drinking from the cup. And what proceeded was basically a wrestling match for the, challenge of, for the, for the chalice of Christ, where she is trying to pull and he is trying to pull and the chalice starts shaking, you know, under the pressure. And I'm thinking, we're going to spill juice. This cup is going to explode. And the only reason it stops is because she has the presence of mind to go, you dip it, you dip it, you dip it, you dip it. <laughs> and he finally figures out that something is wrong. And he, you know. I have no idea why I have so many of these crazy communion stories. And uh, none of them are here. We've been pretty peaceful here. But early on, it took me a while to figure out sort of communion. Life is funny. I hope you make observations. I hope you laugh. I have two more jokes for you. Uh, before I do that, there, there, there was one joke I was trying to find. Last year, I told a joke. I'm not going to repeat now. But I, I told one joke that was a circumcision joke. And I thought it would be funny if I found another one for this year. Okay. And so, uh, in fact, I told several people this. Somebody last night at the spaghetti dinner was even saying, hey, did you find your circumcision joke? And here's the truth. I found a lot of circumcision jokes. <laughs> but none of them made the cut. And there's my circumcision joke. <laughs> Two jokes. A man is sleeping peacefully in his bed on a Sunday morning. And his wife comes in and says... You have got to get up and go to church. And he said, I am not going to church today. And his wife said, you have got to go to church today. And he said, I am not going to church today. I don't like those people. They're goody-goody. It's boring. I don't want to go. She said, you have got to go. Get up. And he said, you give me one good reason why I should go to church today. And she said, because you're the dang pastor, Phil. <laughs> And the last one, a cheap pastor had to paint his church, white church, it was very badly in need of paint, but he was cheap. And the estimate called for 100 gallons of white latex paint, which he decided he didn't need because you can thin that paint out. 
And so he got 20 gallons of paint and diluted it and thinned it and kept it going, diluted it and diluted it until finally he got to his 100 gallons that he needed. He began to paint the church. And then when he got the church done, it was all white and he felt really proud of himself. And then suddenly rain from heaven came pouring down and the white paint started to come off. And a voice from heaven said, repaint and thin no more. (laughs) Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for joy. Give us observations. Let us see the humor in our lives. Let us know that you are with us. Lord, give us a sense of humor. Let us smile and may the world look at us and think, what's going on with those people? Why do they have such joy? In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.